How can Hamadou Diallo crack the Detroit Pistons rotation this upcoming season? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. We're on our way to 5,000 subscribers. Also, if you listen to this on one of the podcast platforms, Another great way to support the podcast, go down below on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Go to the rating system. Leave us a five-star review. I'd really appreciate both. Those are great ways to support the podcast. So on today's episode, we have a few things we'll be talking about. Hamadou Diallo, how can he crack the rotation? Kelly Olenek, will he be on the roster this upcoming season? And what exactly could his role even be on this team now? And also in the final segment, we'll talk about potential most improved player of the year for the Detroit Pistons, not to win the actual award in the NBA, but to be like the Pistons' most improved player of the year. We'll talk about those candidates later on in the podcast. And before we get into Hamadou Diallo, I want to let you guys know that there's a new series I'm going to be starting up on the podcast for the rest of the offseason. I'm going to try to do at least one episode a week. We're going to try to have one fan on every week to discuss how they became a fan, why they are a fan, what do they think about the current state of the Pistons, what do they think about the future. We're going to try to have one fan on every other week, until the end of the offseason, if you guys want to be in the running to end up on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel, comment down below that you'd want to be on it. Go to my Twitter, at Kuka Hill. Tweet at me. Let me know that you'd want to be on it. Find some kind of way to get into contact. Those are the best two ways to get into contact with me. Let me know that you'd want to be in it, and I'll enter you into the raffle. Anyways, now we can talk about Hamadou Diallo. So Hamadou Diallo, I think as of right now, I think Diallo is out the rotation for the Detroit Pistons this upcoming season. So this is the rotation that I have right now. I have them going 10 deep, maybe, maybe 10 deep at the most. I could see them just cutting it down to nine, but at the very most, 10 deep. And this is how I'm looking at it. I got Kay Cunningham and Killian Hayes, Jade Ivey, Alec Burks. I got Sadiq and Livers, Stu and Bagley. And then Nerlens Noel and Jalen Duran. That doesn't leave any room for Hamadou Diallo. Now we can argue about the front court and how the starting lineup and who's going to be backing up who. Excuse me in the in the front court. Don't really worry about that. Just know that those four guys are the ones I believe that will be playing. So where does Hamadou Diallo fit in with that? You guys remember when they picked up his option? I was a bit surprised. One because he was the more expensive option out of him or Frank Jackson. I thought they should have declined both. And I thought if they did pick up one, it would be Frank Jackson simply because he's figuratively a shooter and he was the cheaper option to bring back. They didn't do that, kind of shocked me. But they brought back Hamadou Diallo. And now it's looking like he's going to have a really rough time trying to get into the rotation because I believe that Isaiah Livers has absolutely earned himself a spot. I don't think he's going to be losing uh, any rotation minutes. I actually think there's a chance that you could see him earn more minutes as the season goes on. I don't think Isaiah Livers will find himself outside the rotation. We've talked about him a lot in the podcast, his outside shooting, the ability to connect an offense, the ability to talk and communicate on defense, be a team defender, be a team offensive player, 
knowing where to rotate, all those kinds of stuff. We, we've talked about that a lot with Isaiah Lewis on the podcast. I don't think he's going to be out the rotation. So if Livers is the one backing up Sadiq and Burks is the one backing up Jay and Ivy, how is Hamadou Diallo going to crack the rotation? As of right now, I don't think he's going to be able to crack it. I think he's going to be end up one of the guys sitting outside the rotation, watching guys play, how that's going to go over with him. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but that's my prediction right now. But how can he, what, what can he do with his game? What improvements can he make to kind of force the coaching staff's hand to play him somehow, whether that's in place of Burks trying to move him, trade Burks for some some kind of asset or sort of second round pick or something to make more room for Hamadou Diallo to play. What can he do? Well, one, I think this one's the, the easiest answer to have, and that's improve his outside shooting. Now, we've talked about Hamadou Diallo on the podcast, and we've referred to him as a ball of fire. And that's really what I believe he is. He's just a guy who is like, you're trying to contain this ball of fire but he's constantly just exploding. It's just, you can't contain it. He's so, so electric. So, so, so um, out of this world, kind of just like energy constantly just go, 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 go. And he's just exploding it nonstop. So there's good things about that. And there's bad things about that. The good things are he's really good in transition. He's really good at just scoring in like miscellaneous ways. The ball just naturally finds him because he's constantly moving around, constantly just flying all over the place. But he also struggles in the half court because of this. He doesn't know how to operate really, and he struggles with operating in a half court structured offense. And something that would really help with him, help him with that, is his outside shooting. This past season, he ranked in the 22nd percentile in spot up shooting. All jump shots, he ranked in the 18th percentile in all jump shots. Catch and shoot, he ranked in the 10th percentile in catch and shooting. So to put it blank, He's a horrific outside shooter. He's a horrific just overall shooter. And that's something that if he wants to be able to crack the rotation, I think he's going to have to improve that to, to really force the coaching staff's hand or coach or, or force, I should say, Troy Weaver's hand in possibly moving Alec Burks earlier in the season than maybe we are expecting to make room for Diallo. I don't think it's going to, no matter what he does, he's going to be taking minutes from livers. I don't think that's going to happen. For example, this past season, Diallo, just to give you guys a reference point, he shot 24.7% from deep on 1.6 attempts. Now, he doesn't need to be shooting a lot of attempts. You don't want him shooting a lot of attempts. But on the minimal attempts he's going to be taking, you need him to be somewhat adequate. He doesn't need to be great. He doesn't really need, I think, to be good. He just needs to be adequate. He can't be one of the worst shooters in the NBA. So that's one. He has to improve his outside shooting. And two, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, especially last season, during the season. His off-ball defense might be the worst I've ever seen, um, him and Marvin Bagley. But Diallo's is more apparent because he just loses his man so many times. He doesn't make correct rotations ever. He loses focus a lot. Uh, he doesn't fight through many screens off-ball. Um, he Just off-ball defensively, he's he's a train wreck. He, he's horrific. At least he was last season. And he hasn't been very good on the defensive side for the Pistons since he arrived. Now, he has games where he shows you his physical tools. Because his physical tools, his body type, his length, his athleticism, all that is the is what projects someone to be a good defender. But that doesn't automatically make you a good defender. He gives you flashes. There was a few games last season where he actually did play some pretty good on-ball defense and flashed it. One of the games against Boston and Jalen Brown. And another game against the Chicago Bulls on DeMar DeRozan. I remember those two games specifically. I came on the pod and gave him a ton of credit for how he performed on ball. However, one, 
flashes aren't going to cut it. He has to become more consistent. And if he really wants to crack the rotation, he has to understand that that's going to be a key part of his game. Not just something he does every now and then, but one of the key parts of his game that keeps him on the basketball floor. That's his on-ball defense. And his off-ball defense has to get better. It has to get better. He has to become a way better off-ball defender. He has to get to the point on defense where you're considering him a two-way wing. And if you guys remember the last podcast, we talked about how the Detroit Pistons need two-way wings to compete in the NBA. They need two-way wings to take the next step in the NBA. And we talked about that either they can get it in free agency or trades, or maybe they have some guys with internal development that could possibly do it. Diallo is one of them. Do I think it's likely? Probably not. He's been in the league a few years. He just hasn't been good defensively. But he has a chance. If he can lock down defensively and really use those tools and really push through and be what he could be defensively because of what his body is and what the the God-given strengths that he has, he could be a good defender. He just has to do it. He has to commit to it. He has to maintain his focus. He has to get better. He has to up, or, or uh, elevate his defensive off-ball IQ. If he can become a legitimate two-way player, I think then you have to play him over Alec Burks. you got to move Alec Burks somewhere else because a two-way player is what the Detroit Pistons need. So he needs to improve his outside shot if he wants to have a chance to crack the rotation. Or two, he has to become a consistent two-way basketball player. And again, that's not just on ball. That's not just any every other game on ball defense, making some good stops and playing good on-ball defense. No, that's consistently playing good on-ball defense, getting around screens on-ball, while also becoming a much-improved off-ball defender. Those things have to happen in order for Hamadou Diallo to crack the rotation. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. He's been in the league a while now. Uh, he's still relatively young. When I say a while, it's not like seven years. He's been in the league four years. Some dudes, Some dudes are late blossomers, and sometimes it hits. Some dudes, they've shown you who they are, who they are, and you just got to take it. So we'll see what it is. If he is able to do that, I'd be really happy about it because, again, that's another two-way wing the Pistons can have, and I want Diallo to succeed. And if he does, that helps the Pistons, obviously. So that's the best way he can crack the rotation. Let me know in the comment section down below if you guys think he has the chance to do those things to crack the rotation. You can let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Kelly Olynyk. Is he going to be on the roster? And if he is, what exactly is the plan with Kelly Olenek? We'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for our sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you absolutely covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. And if you head over to BetOnline.net, you'll see that you can get a head start on the NFL season that's coming in just a few weeks. You can get a head start on the NBA season coming back in a few months. Who do you think is going to be the favorite? Favorite for the championship? Favorite for the MVP? Who do you think is going to be the worst team in the league? Who do you think is going to end up with the top pick? Who You can start betting teams over-unders, win projections. You can get a head start on all those things over at BetOnline.net. So, again, make sure you use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. On our way to 5,000 subscribers, continuing to show Lockdown we're the best and fastest-growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. If you listen to this on one of the podcast platforms, you want to find another way to support the podcast, you can go down below on whatever podcast platform you listen to this to, go to their rating system, and leave us a five-star review. I'd really appreciate that. Two of the best ways to support the podcast. Again, I'd really appreciate it. All right, so Kelly Olenek. I feel like the Pistons roster, to be honest, it's just really confusing at this point, and that's that's fine. It's fine. We're not going to continue just talking about how confusing the rotation is or the roster forever because we've done talked about that so many times, and we can only talk about it so we can only talk about it so many times. Um, but it is. It, it's confusing. It's it's really it's hard to figure out how you're going to get minutes for all these guys that seem like they need to get minutes. We just got done talking about Diallo. You picked up his option. They could have easily declined it if they knew Livers was going to end up cracking the rotation and they were going to end up with the players they have right now, it was going to be tough for Diallo to get in, but they picked it up. So it's going to be tough to see how he gets minutes. And now with the acquisition of New Orleans Noel and the drafting of Jalen Duran and the resigning of Marvin Bagley, that gives the Pistons a four-man big man rotation of Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley, New Orleans Noel, and Jalen Duran. That leaves out Kelly Olynyk. Now, I've mentioned on the podcast a few times, and I'm going to continue to be in this camp because I think it's a legitimate possibility. And that is the fact that I think Jalen Duran may start in the G League. I'm pretty sure that he's going to be the youngest player in the entire NBA this upcoming season. There is absolute zero need to rush him, to throw him into the fire, and expect him to contribute immediately. There's no need for it. There's no reason to it. Now, if he earns it through training camp and earns it through preseason, obviously you give it to him. But if he's struggling, you don't need to force him minutes at all. You don't You don't need to do that. To send him down to the G League, which the Pistons, Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver, have talked about many, many times that they want to make this G League team a part of the, you know, the part of the culture. They don't want people to be looking at the G League or going down to the G League as some, you know, horrific act, as if you're just getting demoted or if it's some like awful thing to happen. They've been saying that they want this to be like a thing guys accept and want to do and look at it as a way to get better. So I don't rule out the possibility that Jalen Duran may end up in the G League to start the season. I'm not ruling that out. But in the case that he does earn a spot in the rotation, and I really did like what I saw from him in Summer League, again, we're going to be interested to see how the training camp battles go, what we hear from training camp, and what we see in the preseason. But let's just assume Duran earns himself minutes, and he's going to crack the rotation. I don't think they're sitting Stu. They're not going to sit Stu. They're not going to sit Marvin Bagley. They just resigned him for $13 million. They're not going to do that. And all the reports, all the, the articles that we've seen and read from people we respect, and from everything I've heard, Nerlens Noel is really liked. Woj tweeted out as soon as the Pistons traded for him that they like him and they want to keep him around, at least for the beginning of the season. We've seen multiple uh, beat writers talk about how they like him. They want him to be a part of this team. We've seen outside sources. We've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that Nerlens Noel seems to be favored and liked by the front office and the coaching staff, which I get why. We talked about why that is. Uh, defensive rim protector, a guy who can catch lobs, etc. Doesn't need the ball in his hands, low usage center, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to assume Noel's in the rotation. 
at, at very least to begin the season. So where does that leave Kelly Olenek? Do I think he's going to be on the roster to even start this season? No, I think that they'll trade him. And I mentioned this, I think, a few weeks ago. I think immediately after the draft, I kind of mentioned this, if they were going to play Duran out the gate. that I can see Troy Weaver basically doing, and I said Troy, not Tory. I said Troy for some of you guys who like to say, I say Tory. Troy. That's a, Some of you guys will get that. Some of you guys may not, but there's no I'm very petty. Um, I think Troy Weaver will do Kelly Olynyk a favor and kind of move him to a team that he's actually going to be used and a team that actually may need him. Uh, Kelly Olynyk and, you know, another player, known as well, like we were just talking about, we, these are the two guys that people have mentioned that may not be playing and may just be sat down and forced to watch. And neither of these guys are at that point in their careers. And something that Troy Weaver has really mentioned and really like put an emphasis on is like player relationships. It really seems like that player relationship relationships really matter to him. Like he really wants to, you know, have a reputation across the league that he takes care of his guys. And even if you're traded, even if you're moving on, he's going to take care of you. And that's a good thing to start building. I, I, I like that. So if Kelly Olynyk's not going to play and you don't really have a spot for him, Kelly Olynyk is not that old. Like he he's older, but he's not that old to where he's going to be like he's out his prime and it, it, it's over for him. And he's, he's in the role now of just sitting on the bench and watching. No, he's only 31. And he was hit with a lot of injuries last year. He was hit with COVID. He dealt with a lot last year. And I think contenders may not offer a lot for him. They may not want to offer much of anything for him. You may have to attach a second-round pick just to move him. But I, I I do believe that contenders would take him. They would like him. They just know that his value is low and it's not going to give up things for him. So I, I do think that there's a legitimate chance that Troy, Troy Weaver, Troy Weaver, gives Kelly Olenek – I'm very petty, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think he gives Kelly Olenek a solid. And it's like, listen, dude, you're not going to play – we don't really have a place in, your, in, in this rotation for you right now. And – I'm not going to have you just sit on the bench and not play. I know you're not at that point in your career. We're going to go ahead and move you to, I don't know, whatever contender or, or solid team that he can play for. We're going to move you to there. We're going to do you solid. I can see that happening. I, I think I think Weaver is that type of dude. I, I think he, I, I think he, like I said, he's really put emphasis on his relationship with players, and I can see that happening. If he is on the roster still, I don't see how he plays unless they send Darren down to the G League. That's the only way I can see him playing. Right now, they have five big men that all want minutes. Two of them are part of your young core that you really care about, or three of them, I should say. Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley, Jalen Duran. So if you want to get them minutes, all of them minutes, including Duran, obviously, that's the real one we're talking about. But if you want to get them all minutes instantly because of how important they are to your future, that would make sense. And then Nerlens Well sounds like the guy that they like more in that front court. I just don't see where Kelly Olynyk fits. I don't see where he's he's playing. Now, he would bring spacing that we've talked about on the podcast that they're desperately lacking and they're going to need. But the thing is, yes, he does he does bring that spacing, but which one of these guys are you sitting? That's that's the problem. I agree that he would help with the spacing problem. Like as far as like a roster fit and putting the best lineup on the floor to try to win. I agree. He he would make more sense because he can space the floor and they need shooting. But who are you who are you not playing to do that? Stu? No. Bagley? No. Duran? Maybe if they saw him in the G League. That's the only way I see it. 
But if Duran's in the rotation, then he's a part of the future. You want to get him reps, so no. And from everything we've heard, they want to give Nerlens Noel minutes, and they like him. So I, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to go if he's still in the roster. I don't know how he's going to be able to get minutes. Maybe he's going to be in a constant rotational battle with Nerlens Noel. Maybe they just continue to like go on, off, on, off. They One guy gets a week, the other guy gets another week, or a stretch of games, or something like that. Maybe that's the plan they have. But I really do think this is just a prediction I have. I I could be very wrong. This could very well not happen. But I, I just think that there's a legitimate chance from what Weaver has done in his past, what he seems to be trying to build across the league reputation-wise, I, I could see him packaging Kelly with a second-round pick and saying, hey, we did you a favor, man. Appreciate you coming here, doing what you did last year. You had a rough year. I get it. Um, we're kind of moving in a different direction. We don't want you to just lose a year of basically your prime. Here you go. We're going to let you go to another team. Appreciate what you did. Uh, best of luck to you. And that kind of thing really sits well with players across the league, especially when you're coming up on a season where you're going to have a lot of cap space in free agency. You need to find a way to convince guys to come play for you. So that's my prediction with what happens with Kelly Olenek. But if he is on the roster, it's going to be interesting to see how, if they try to find minutes for him, one, and if they do, how they do that. Because I think either one, like I said, Duran goes out in the G League, or Noel, he's going to be constantly interchanging with him. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, though. Let me know what you guys think about that whole situation in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, who could be in the running for the Detroit Pistons most improved player of the year? Just going to tell you guys now, I'm not putting Cade in this conversation because I don't really like the way the most improved award has gone to where we're giving it to guys who are already pretty damn good, just going from pretty good to great. It should be going to guys who are really struggling who became really good players. That's just what I believe. So Kay's not going to be in this conversation. Who will be? Who will be, though? We'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast on our way to 5,000 subscribers. And if you listen to this on one of the podcast platforms, another great way to support the podcast is go to the bottom of whatever podcast platform you're listening to this to. Hit that five-star review. Another great way to support the podcast. I would really appreciate either option. So the Detroit Pistons Most Improved Player of the Year Award. Now, I'm, I'm going to continue to say this to make sure you guys understand. This is not like the league's Most Improved Player of the Year Award. I'm not saying that I think one of these guys will win those awards. I'm simply talking about within the Pistons, who do I think will be the Pistons' most improved player of the year? I have three options here that I went with. I think I think a lot of people would agree with the three options I went with. So, number one, I think it's very clear, and I think you guys already know that, pretty much knew that this guy was going to be one of my answers, but Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes looked really good, a lot better at the end of last season, the last month and a half of the season or so since he came off the bench. Looked a lot better getting to the rim. His finishing numbers around the rim looked a lot better. Amari Sankofa came out with an article for the Detroit Free Press. Uh, I believe it was like the third la- like third to last week of the season talking about his finishing numbers around the rim. Drastically improved. They were really good. Uh, I believe it was around the 72nd percentile, somewhere around there. That's pretty damn good. Uh, he was getting to the rim a lot more. More than half of his attempts were coming around the rim. Great stuff. Uh, he was looking really good towards the end of last season. It looked like he may have been turning a corner in that area. If he can continue to turn the corner and that make that 
legit. That that's like a legit turn of the corner. And he can improve that outside jump shot, at least catch and shooting wise. Maybe not off the dribble. Maybe he just isn't gonna be able to do that. But catch and shooting wise, if he can get that outside shot together while maintaining his defense and playmaking, he 100% will be the Pistons' most improved player. And he's the X factor for me for what the Pistons can do moving forward. I think he can really swing things for the Pistons. If he doesn't figure it out, then that's kind of like a wasted pick. And it, it sucks. You wasted a pick on the seventh overall pick that he doesn't figure it out. If he does figure out, and it turns out that, hey, he only played 90 or so games. He probably needed more than a season's hand, uh, a season's worth of games to actually become an NBA player. If that happens, all of a sudden, hey, our seventh overall pick is finally here. He's he's arrived. Now we got an even better piece to the young core, and that may take they that may impact what they want to do moving forward. He's, I think, the number one nominee for most improved player for the Detroit Pistons this upcoming season. So Killian Hayes, number one. Number two, Isaiah Livers. I really liked what I saw from Isaiah Livers in Summer League. I really loved what I saw from Isaiah Livers in the last ha- or last 20 or so games he played last year. I believe 15, 18 games he played um, last season. Really loved what I saw from him there. We've talked about him a ton. I'm not going to spend too much time telling about what he does great, but just to hit on it real quick, outside shooter, great team defender, talks on both ends of the floor knows how to play, will make the extra pass, knows how to play within an offense, knows how to rotate to spots on offense to open themselves up to driving kicks, knows how to make scramble plays on defense to get, you know, to avoid mismatches down low. All those kind of things. He's just a great, I, I feel like he's just a great rotational piece to have on your team. He may never be a star. He's not going to be a star. But he'll be a star in his role. And if he can be one of the best stars in his role, that's incredibly valuable what he brings to the team. A two-way guy who can hit outside shots at above 40% clip while being a great team defender, that's extremely valuable. That's something contenders want nonstop of. So if the Pistons have one of those, great. And I think this year he'll be steady in the rotation. If he can take a step forward and average, who knows, like 8 to 10 points a game, continue to shoot 40 over 40% from deep, continue to be a great team defender, and get do all those things with like 20, 25 minutes a game consistently throughout the entire season, I think he may be the Pistons' most improved player next season. So, number one, Killian Hayes on my nominees. Number two, Isaiah Livers on my nominees for most improved player for the Detroit Pistons. And at number three, and number three. Now, this one was a toss-up, but I went with one guy, Marvin Bagley. Now, some of you guys may be wondering, Koo, you could have went with Isaiah Stewart. Why didn't you go with Isaiah Stewart? I could have went with Isaiah Stewart. And Isaiah Stewart definitely is one of the options that he, he could be the most improved player for the Detroit Pistons. But I picked my top three. That's my top three. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably have Isaiah Stewart in your top three. That's fine. I could see that. But I went with a little bit of a hot take here. I decided to make it a little bit interesting here. Because I've heard in the offseason, I think, Actually, they said it on the broadcast for one of the Summer League games. I think they did. Um, But I heard even before that that Marvin Bagley has put on around 15 to 20 pounds of muscle, gotten a lot stronger in the offseason. I think that actually could help him a lot. Um, Definitely, I think it could possibly help him durability-wise, like get stronger and get, you know, know, more meat on the bones so he doesn't, you know, continue to get hurt all the time. I think maybe it could help in that uh, area. Also, I think it would really help him on the defensive end bodying and playing physical with guys down low on offensive rebounds, on defensive rebounds, boxing out, all those kind of things. I think adding some more muscle and getting stronger 
uh, would really help him on the defensive end and also offensively help him fight through contact a little bit more, uh, you know, in the post, really use his strength and his size against guys. I think that could really help him. And I think with Marvin Bagley as well, if he can go back to what he did two years ago from the three-point line for the Sacramento Kings, where he shot 41% from the corners and 34% on the season overall, if he can do that, and we've seen that, like we talked about this in the last podcast, we've seen him do that. It was one, two seasons ago. It was only one season he was able to do it, but we've seen him do it. So if he's able to get back to that, I seriously think that Marvin Bagley may, if he's able to, this would make him the most improved player if he was able to get the outside shot back specifically from the corners. If he's able to do that, I think Marvin Bagley may just be one of the most dominant players along the baseline in the NBA. Like if he can get outside corner or corner three shot, that's like around 40%, like it was two years ago, along with the ability to catch lobs and literally finish just about anything around the rim. As soon as he gets there, he's just finishing it. He'll dominate in the paint on lobs. He'll dominate in the dunker spot on lobs, which is, you know, in the paint. You got in the paint, then to the dunker spot that's right next to that along the baseline. Then right next to that along the baseline, him cutting along the baseline. He was really good in cuts for the Detroit Pistons this past season too. If you get him on the cut, he gets to the rim. Again, you either follow him or he's finishing. He shot 86% at the rim this past season for the Pistons. That's just absurd. That's really crazy. So, again, paint, dunker spot, cutter, and then take the next step out to the corner three. He would just – he you literally would not have to move him anywhere along outside that baseline. He would just dominate that entire baseline, and he could literally score like 15 to 18 points just off the baseline, just, just dominating that whole area, feeding off guys, feeding off his playmakers that he have. I'm sorry about that. I have some laundry in – my dryer and my fiance forced me to have a timer on. So that lets me know that I need to go ahead and wrap this podcast up soon to get to go to go get that laundry. Um, but anyways, I yeah, he would just dominate along the baseline. He got playmakers and Killing Hayes, Kay Cunningham, Jay and Ivy. Heck, if Jalen Duran really can make those plays like we talked about on the last podcast in the short roll, again, Marvin Bagley could just be one of the most dominant forces along the baseline in the NBA. Again, paint. Dunker spot, cutting, corner three. If he can do all those things, and really he can already do the first three. He just needs to get the the outside corner three spot going. If he's able to actually improve that while making minimal improvements defensively, he'll be the most improved player on the Detroit Pistons squad this upcoming season. Who do you guys think has the best chance to be the Pistons' most improved player of the year? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Cooper Hill. Let me know if it's one of the three options I gave or if you guys have someone else. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably are going to say Stu, though. I, I can see that. You're not allowed to pick Sadiq, by the way. You can't pick Sadiq or Cade because they're already pretty good players. Cade's a franchise player. Sadiq's, at the very minimum, a, a really damn good role player. He just averaged 16 points a game this past season. Those guys don't count. They don't count. Pick one of the guys who, you know, aren't already guaranteed NBA futures as of right now. Like, come on. Have some fun with it. Don't, don't be like these guys who want to give most improved player to – who was it? Was it Ja who won it? He went from oh, all-star to MVP instead of a dude who went from non-rotational player to one of the best players, one of the best starters in the league. Like, that's just – I really don't like that. That's really annoying for me. But anyways, I got to go. I have to go get that laundry that you guys just heard the alarm go off for. I want to appreciate or say thank you to guys, and I appreciate that you make Lockdown Pistons 
your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Or you can go on the podcast platforms, leave a five-star review over there. That's another good way to support the podcast. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'll give you guys a little teaser for next week. We have four guests coming on next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. I think you guys are really going to enjoy who we get on the podcast next week, especially one of the guys. I think you guys are really going to like it. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to have a lot of fun next week. I can't wait for it. But until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there, and peace out, everybody.